of the Counterpress Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Kinsey, and I am again by myself tonight. Josh is driving home from Santa Barbara as we speak. And well, as I speak, not as you listen. Um, so I'll be recapping the match from tonight, the 1-1 draw against Minnesota by myself, uh, answer some listener questions and talk about the way forward for LAFC at the end of the season. Um, again, they draw away at Minnesota, um, taken in and of itself. It's not a bad result. Minnesota has been a, a decent team this year. They're a team that we've struggled against, um, quite a few times, actually going back to the five, one loss from a couple of years ago, uh, the two, nothing loss. I think it was last year, maybe at home. Um, Mason toy, I think had a brace in that game. Um, We've always struggled against Minnesota. I think it's the way that they tend to play so many defensive midfielders against us um, and just sit back uh, and are just really difficult to to break through. Um, that was not the game that Minnesota played today. They did have um, three more defensive-minded midfielders on. I mean, you've always got Alonzo and and uh and will trap on the field um but they they look to possess they they possessed the ball really well today lafc didn't seem all that interested in possessing the ball they were playing quite direct um maybe not you know a bunch of route one aerial balls but um certainly looking to counter attack more than anything tonight i would say um lafc's shape was really interesting tonight as well the team listed it as a four listed it as a four three three, with uh, Raheem Edwards as a left winger. But typically, when we see that, uh, when Edwards is on, it's a it's a three man back line, and they certainly had three players on who have played center back in the past, and uh, in Fall and Palacios and Murillo. But they did not play that way. Also, Moon started as well. Um, so it it seemed like it might have ended up being the three four one two that we were that we kind of become used to. But uh, they played quite differently today. I don't. You may have noticed, but Raheem Edwards played quite centrally the entire game. I texted Josh during the game and said, "Is this a four two two two? What what are they playing here?" Uh, it didn't really seem like a box midfield, but I was having a hard time understanding what it is that they were doing. And it did seem like uh, Bob tried to add Edwards into the midfield, probably from that wing back position, I would imagine, um, to help overload those the typical three defensive midfielders that that we see from them. Uh, I thought that was a good move. I thought it was a smart a smart choice considering how well Raheem it's like the only thing that he really does well is, is progress the ball forward through pressure. You saw him make a couple of runs tonight, um, kind of weaving and slaloming through a, a handful of midfielders. Um, if you look at a heat map of the team after the, after the game was over, it does look like they played with the four man back line with, uh, with Palacios out wide the entire time and, and Edwards tucked in Moon playing forward. Uh, one of the interesting things that I thought was the the 
average uh, position of all three forwards is really close together. Um, it probably has a lot to do with the way that they rotate in and out. We've talked about this a million times on the show um, where it's not necessarily you are the left winger, you are the striker, you are the right winger. They are allowed, encouraged um, to to rotate in and out of those positions. But um, what keeps me from calling this a four diamond two is the really advanced positioning of, of Bryce Duke. Although the way the midfield operated where you had Sifu kind of sitting back, Blessing out on the right, Edwards on the left, but still playing centrally. And the way that Blessing and Edwards were shuttling the ball, it reminded me a lot of a four of a four diamond two. Um, but again, the, the three forwards were um, a little bit too far advanced for that. I, you, it, I, even though Duke was on the field, I really don't feel like he was playing much of a, of a 10. So um, interesting to say the least. I thought it was a clever way for Bob to try and, and get through that Minnesota midfield. And like I said, um, putting Raheem Edwards there did help tonight, uh, even though I'm not a big fan of his. It seems like he, he did uh, a decent job of at least advancing play. Um, but again, you you know, he's, he's a one-trick pony, really, in, in terms of how he's going to build up. It's going to be running through opponents, and if that doesn't work, you're going to turn the ball over and be kind of screwed. Um, Jamal Blackman got another start. Uh, <laughs> Jamal Blackman. Um, he is big. I will say that. I know that uh, a couple people on Twitter were talking about, uh, and if you, and our, our friend Celso, uh, I can't remember his Twitter handle, I'll have to look it up, but he posted stats about what the different keepers have been doing. And the one thing that stood out was the number of crosses that Jamal Blackman gets on, on the end of and intercepts, um, likely due to his size. And I mean, all of our keepers have been pretty, um, pretty courageous when it comes to coming out. So I wouldn't say that's necessarily unique, but that's the one thing that I think he's got over the other guys is that he'll, he'll come out and intercept crosses. Vince LaRosa pointed that out as well. Um, so I would take that to mean that he's probably spoken with somebody on the staff about, about why Blackman gets a start and they probably felt like they were giving up too many goals on crosses. Uh, I think that's a bit of a fool's errand. If you ask me based on his positioning, I think the biggest problem for me when I watch Blackman isn't even his positioning. It's his propensity to spill balls rather than catch them. Um, he does it on purpose and I, you can, you can tell when he does it on purpose uh, and he's trying to force somebody to come and pressure him before picking up the ball again. I uh, held like, you know, he'll do the, the classic thing where he takes it off his chest. He looks like he's going to catch it, but he takes it off his chest or something like that. And then just stands over the ball. But there are lots of spilled balls from Jamal Blackman. Um, Minnesota scores on one tonight. I, that, I mean, the ball, he's the first one to it. He should like, and he's got his hands on it. It's not hit real hard. Uh, for me, you just catch that ball and it's over. But 
he doesn't. He spills it out wide and uh, right into the path of a Minnesota attacker, and it's put in the back of the net. Um, so that's uh, when it comes to the keepers, guys. I I I don't know. I don't I don't know what to say other than um, they this team really has struggled to find somebody that they like. And I don't know if it's that the bar is set too high or if they really just can't scout a keeper properly or if Bob gets frustrated by somebody making a couple errors and pulls the plug and destroys their confidence. I I really don't know. I, I don't know what to think about this anymore because we've seen it for four years now. So it's not like it's something new where we have these goalkeeper controversies or, um, and again, the, the funny thing to me is we thought we had this settled with Tomas Romero. Um, and then he kind of has a one bad game against Minnesota uh, against, sorry, San Jose and Jamal Blackman comes in and is signed. And then all of a sudden he's starting and hasn't given up the spot yet. So I, I don't I don't know what to think anymore. I have no idea what to think about the way LAFC looks at goalkeepers, whether or not they're ever going to find one that checks all the boxes. I, I really don't know. I couldn't tell you what they're looking for anymore because it's like a giant game of whack-a-mole. Tyler Miller comes out too far too often and gets caught out and crumbles against the Galaxy, so Pablo Cisniega comes in. Pablo makes great stops, isn't great with his feet. Kenneth Vermeer comes in. He's a disaster. Um, So Pablo's back in. And then Tomas Romero shows up. Um, The funny thing about it is a lot of these signings come out of nowhere. Like you think that, you know, LAFC is playing fine. Tyler Miller did a good job in 2019. And then all of a sudden he's shipped off. And Pablo Cisniega is the guy. And then kind of out of nowhere, Kenneth Vermeer is signed. And it's a big signing. And that doesn't really work out. And then you don't really hear anything. And then all of a sudden, here, we're going to sign this new kid out of Philadelphia. And it seems like he's got the job locked down after a while. And all of a sudden, Jamal Blackman comes in. So (laughs) uh, this is a lot of goalkeeper talk so early in the show. I'm sorry. But um, I am confused by that. I'm I'm not really sure what the what the point of all of that is or if they're ever going to find somebody that actually pleases them. Who knows? Um, LAFC gets a goal in the first half. Uh, I think it's Brian Rodriguez that is hacked down. I thought Brian Rodriguez had a good game, uh, even though he, I still think his starting position is just too deep most of the time. I know Josh and I have talked about him even potentially playing wing back or as a, as a more of a left midfielder. Um, but tonight I think he struggled because of the, where he got the ball. You saw him playing in a lot of hopeful passes from, from our own half um, or just trying to outrun guys over 30 or 40 meters down the wing. And it didn't really come off a whole lot, but anyway, he does well to earn this foul. Chicho steps up and sends it in between, I think the fourth and the fifth man on the wall. And our old buddy, Tyler Miller, (laughs) 
tries to catch it, slips right through his hands and then through his legs, bounces into the back of the goal. LAFC are up one nothing. And uh, man, anytime Chicho's on the ball at this point, it, it feels inevitable that he's going to score. Um, he's just red hot and couldn't have come at a better time. Well, uh, couldn't have come any later, I should say. <laughs> I think if LAFC would have had him at the beginning of the season, things may have looked a little bit different for them um, throughout the season. But certainly lucky to have brought him in when they did and to try and salvage what's left of the season. Um, I think, like I said at the beginning of the show, this is in a vacuum a good result against what is... Uh, a fairly good team that has played us really well in the past. And um, outside of that vacuum, it is not a good result. It's not a, it's not a season-ending result like a loss likely would have been. Uh, they hang on just enough to stay alive. But, man, if they could have won this game... It would have made all the difference in the world, I think. Being able to hold Minnesota back, gain some points on them, and be in a position to pass either them or Vancouver or RSL. Um, and as of right now, it's just, they're again, they're just treading water is all they're doing. So they need, they need wins. They need wins. And the three teams that remain are Seattle, and we all know how good they are. And we also know that matches between LAFC and Seattle can be completely unpredictable. Um, there's a lot made in the media about the rivalry between the two teams. I don't know if it's an actual rivalry or not. But a lot of their games have that air where anything can happen. Sometimes things get heated uh, and the results can go either way, really. They also have Vancouver, which is a very beatable team, but Vancouver is also on a streak right now. And they've handled us pretty well this year also. Uh, and then the last team is Colorado, who have been one of the better teams in the Western Conference uh, in the second half of the season. So uh, LAFC are not out yet, but they're not in <laughs> quite yet either. There's still work to do. And they still need help. They still need help. RSL also has, uh, as of right now, a game in hand. But um, I think that evens out with RSL's game tomorrow, maybe. Um, so yeah, LAFC have Seattle on Tuesday. Quick turnaround. We will see if Edward Atuesta and, and Carlos Vela play. At this point, if I'm being 100% honest, Vela will not play for LAFC this year at least, unless it's in the playoffs. I think if LAFC missed the playoffs, he's not he's not coming around uh, for these last three games. Well, let's say it that way. He's not coming around for these last three games. If they make the playoffs, you might see him back. Again, that's personal speculation. That's just how it feels for me at this point. Um I think it'd be good to have him for some of these games, but the team is producing results without him right now. So whatever. I think the bigger loss is Edward Atuesta because I think this midfield 
continues to be rotated in search of an answer, and they just can't seem to find the right balance. Um, I think in his absence, in Atuesta's absence, it's looked best when you have a combination of Janela, Blessing, Sifu, and Duke on the field. Um, I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. Those are our four best midfielders, uh, if you exclude Atuesta. But um, the Chrysostomo experiment, I hope it's over. Edwards is in a midfielder. I don't, again, he played as a midfielder today, even though he was like listed as a, as a winger or, or a wing back or something. But um, the way that he combines, I don't think does LAFC any favors. Um, I should say the way that he doesn't combine with his fellow midfielders isn't doing LAFC any favors. So um, I think they really need to step back so they can get back to doing whatever it is that they're going to do, which it, again, at this point, it, it, they oscillate between the three, four, one, two and the four, three, three and whatever that was today, the four, two, 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 uh, the four diamond two, a three, four, three, possibly, um, it could have been a three, four, three, except Palacios wasn't, I mean, the, the, it wasn't really a back three. Palacios was so far wide the entire time, um, that it's hard to call that a, a back three. And then again, the positioning of Edwards being in the middle of the field makes it even more difficult to to call it that. So I'm not really sure. I'll be interested to to listen to some of the pressers and see if there's any uh, commentary on on what it is that they were doing or or looking for uh, with those tactical shifts. Um, let's see. I thought Bob's subs at the half were not that great. I think once Musovski came in, I thought the the attack stalled uh, pretty seriously. I felt I felt like that's really when Rodriguez had to come back even further to pick up the ball, and he was the one coming deep. And I, what one of the other problems that I have with it is when Musovski comes in, he goes to the center. And there's not as much movement between those front three anymore. And Chicho's out on the left wing and Rodriguez is on the right wing. I just don't see why you would put at this point, at this juncture, why you would want to put Chicho any further from goal just to get Musovski onto the field. Again, the man has scored some goals. He does a decent job as a striker. Um, He's not a world beater by any stretch of the imagination but he can do a job. Um, I didn't think tactically Duke was doing a bad job. I thought he looked just fine today. So the sub for Musovski at half is, is an odd one for me just because I don't know what that got you. And the attack kind of fizzled. Um, I mean, there wasn't much of an attack in the first half anyway, So, but it was even more disjointed once Musovski came on trying to remember who the other sub was at the half. I think it was Blackman from moon. If I remember correctly, I'm trying to look it up real, uh, real quick. 
Um, I think that's what it was. It was Blackman for Moon. Yes. So Blackman for Moon, Duke for Musovsky. Um, and uh, again, I don't like the Musovsky sub because it doesn't get you anything and it puts it moves Chicho out of a position where he should be uh, and makes Rodriguez come back even further. And I think Blackman for Moon was fine. Moon had a couple close calls defensively. Looked pretty good in the attack, though, um, as is usual. But again, Moon in a back four is is risky business. Uh, and if, again, if you look at his average position compared to Palacios, it is way further forward <laughs> and way more central. And again, this could be a tactical decision um, or you know, tactical instruction to Moon telling him, hey, we want you bombing forward more. Um, but it does make me raise an eyebrow, given his propensity to not work back quite as fast as some of the other fullbacks. But again, he wasn't a problem tonight, I don't think. Um, I think I think the problem was too many, too many careless fouls in and around the box and a lot of attacking down the wings that wasn't necessarily dealt with all that well. Um, the foul that Mario gives up the free kick on that they end up scoring from is a terrible foul. <laughs> I think he's lucky to have stayed on the field, uh, just not not because it was egregious, just because sometimes with those fouls where a guy takes a big swing and a miss like that, um, sometimes defenders are unlucky to... You know, the ref sees something that looks uh, really violent and just sends people off. But anyway, uh, so again, final thoughts. Um, Blackman really needs to stop spilling balls out. Kim Moon-Wan, not a right back, right wing back all the way. Um, can do a job at right back. Uh, not exactly sure what the formation was. I, I think I'm going to settle on a four diamond two where Duke is part of a front three also. He's kind of a false nine, I guess, and uh, part of the front three that rotates quite a bit. Um, and yeah, subs were not spectacular. Um, and ultimately, like I said, they get a necessary result that in a vacuum is a good one, and in context is just that. It's necessary to, to keep treading water. So with all that said, we're going to go ahead and get into questions here. Um, load it up. Okay, first one from Ben Cox at Sir Bensington. They're playing counterattacking soccer, but not built for it. Central movement and passing is non-existent. Attackers are slow or lit, are lead-footed on the first touch, holding up in the middle of a break and hopeful balls to nobody. Lucky to have had one. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, definitely more of a counterattacking uh, uh, set of tactics tonight, where they're looking to get on the ball. You know, not they don't they don't they didn't really seem to care all that much about having possession of the ball, uh, but funneling into that overloaded midfield where you had Raheem Edwards and trying to play out of it. Um, I do agree that a lot of the balls were hit early. It's kind of reminiscent of a lot of the Mark Anthony K passes that we were also frustrated with at the beginning of the season where 
he turned the ball over and immediately looked to play a ball in behind. But it's like, you got to let that thing breathe. You got to let that play develop just a little bit or play one pass and let that guy play the final ball in. Um, so the, I do agree that it's just not, uh, those counterattacks are not very well oiled at this point. Um, what I will say is that they had a great chance. Brian Rodriguez got sprung on, on the left wing at some point and plays in this perfectly curled uh, ball across like the six and it's curled in for, uh, for Chicho. And I mean, I was surprised that it got around the center back because of, I mean, it looked like it was going to be swept out of, out of, out of play, but he had just the right touch, just the right spin on that ball. They put it right in Chicho's path, and Chicho just shoots it straight at the keeper. Tough finish to be sure, but um, could have had one there as well. But I will, I will agree that the goal that we got was extremely fortunate. Uh, that Tyler Miller just, I don't know, decided to not wear gloves or something <laughs> for that for that free kick. All right, black cats against stupidity, Senor Campagna. They had a tough time putting together more than two accurate passes. Horrible. Yeah, again, a lot of it was just like quick hitting passes. Let's shuttle the ball forward and try and play something through and see what happens. Again, I think it's mostly about trying to catch out those those defensive midfielders that they typically play uh, because they do clog the midfield so effectively Minnesota that is. Um, but just did not, just did not go all that well, man. I didn't realize Minnesota had 30% or 70% of the possession. Holy smokes. Oh man. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, I had a really tough time playing through, that midfield, I think, again, tried to hit him hard on the counter, um, just not fast and, and coordinated enough. The artist, formerly known as Danniness, shout out uh, the lucky horseshoe up Blackman's oh, uh, hind parts. Also, those Miller vibes out there re-triggering my PTSD I'd forgotten about. Joking, of course, the hope is still alive. Again, necessary result, kept themselves in the fight. Um, they're still alive. And I definitely agree that, man, Jamal Blackman, I assume this is about Jamal Blackman because it's spelled with an A. It's getting kind of confusing at this point, but um, he's really fortunate because he's spilling ball. Like I said, he's spilling balls to attackers and it happened two or three times in this game. Uh, they were only able to capitalize on one, but whew, he has got to be better. Uh, another one, he was really lucky. I can't remember exactly when it was. There was a kind of this lofted cross sent across the face of goal. He tried to get it, but it was too high. And then it was sent back in, and the attacker just headed it straight over the goal. Wide open shot on goal. And LAFC were really fortunate that he sent it too high. Christopher Colonna at LAFC 2021. I'll just keep saying it as many times as I have to. The only way to fix this team is to fire Bob, fire Thornton, and then overhaul the, this entire roster from top to bottom. With a few exceptions, these players simply aren't good enough. Until those things happen, we'll continue to see disappointing results like the one tonight. 
If there is no change, LAFC fans might as well get used to this because it's all we're going to see. Uh, certainly need some changes. Josh and I have been talking about that for a long time. Uh, certainly need changes. Uh, I might call them upgrades. Uh, not to get into semantics here, but I think I think there are workable pieces. I think there are smart MLS pieces, even if they're not winning pieces. Um what I should say is pieces that are going to win you by themselves. So again, uh, Tristan Blackman for one, uh, non-international slot. He is an American player that doesn't count. Or, or he's a uh, sorry, non-international slot. Uh, he's an older player that likely isn't going to make a move to Europe, but he's a competent professional. Um on low money, right? Enables you to spend to put pieces around him. Uh, we talked about, I think Marco Farfan is a, to be totally fair to him, is another piece like that. Marco Farfan should not be starting very many games for LAFC, but he is a cheap backup at a position where you need a backup. A, a very specific position being left back. Um, you just can't have typically, you know, a left winger that plays left back also, or a defensive midfielder who can do a job at left back. You need a guy back there who's comfortable in that position. Uh, we've talked about Bryce Duke. We've talked to uh, Danny Musovsky is another one. He's a guy that can come in and give you 30 minutes here and here and there and isn't necessarily going to lose you games. He's going to miss goals, um, and he's going to frustrate you at times, but he's he's the kind of backup you want to have. Um, so, I, again, I hope they keep some of these guys because I think that's a smart way to build your roster. Um, but when you look at the Janellas and some of the more expensive international players that don't necessarily pan out, um, that's where it becomes more difficult. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, one of the shows that I'm looking forward to most is our Black Friday show where Josh and I will go through our, uh, our shopping list for LAFC. Lionel Hutz at From Cheap Seat. Genuinely interested in your analysis of the loon's goal. Can't shake the feeling that our keeper should have handled it much better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no kidding. Oh, and here comes uh introverted winger at Viva right after him saying, yeah, so far his biggest issue is giving up rebounds. I don't think I've seen him hold on to a shot yet. So again, this isn't, I, I don't pretend to be the only guy that notices these things. Um, he spills way too many balls and it's not, it's not like he's punching them. If he was just straight up punching them into the stratosphere, it'd be one thing. Um, but just like mishandling or or you know soft parries away, like man, grab that ball, grab it. You're six six. Somebody told me that that's why you're good. You should have massive hands if you're that big. Get your hands on that ball and hug it. But man, I I, I don't know. I so. They send in this uh, this kind of lofted cross from the um, from the kick in swinging, and Blackman could have caught it, didn't catch it, and spills right to the attacker, and that's it. 
in the back of the net. I mean, there's not a whole lot of analysis to give other than that he should have caught it, just like he should have caught five or six other balls in this game, but didn't. Last one, Tom Camilleri at BroncoFan07. LAFC needed the three points, but the positive is they got a point in a game they were completely outplayed. And some of our usual punching bags, Edward Farfan, uh, for example, made positive contributions. So my question is, what moves slower, Jamal Blackman identifying and reacting to a cross in the box or Michael Myers strolling down the street after his next teenage victim? It's Jamal Blackman. Michael Myers always gets his victim. Can't say the same about, about Jamal Blackman. He's not always getting the job done. Um, so I, it's a, a, a great, clever question. Thank you for that, Tom. Um, I'm going with Michael Myers. Uh, man, just just catch the ball, Blackman. Just catch it. It seems, again, the, the whack-a-mole goalkeeping strategy is so bizarre to me because they bring in a guy and it's like, boom, the flaws are so immediately and readily visible. The only guy I didn't feel that was the case with was Tomas Romero. Um, but here we are yet again. Um, so that's all I got for tonight. We'll be back on Tuesday night to recap the Seattle game, which at this point could be the make or break game of the season. So hopefully we get a good result there and we can, and we can continue to survive and, uh, sneak our way into the playoffs. Um, if not, we'll be here to pick you up and talk you through what we think LAFC should do in the uh, in the offseason. But you can tweet at us, tweet your ideas at us, at counterpress underscore. You can find me at Kirk Kinsey. Um, you can find Josh at LAFC Josh. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bye.